The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. In today's message, Elder Buddy Abernathy continues his study in the book of Revelation. You may recall from yesterday's message that we are in the third chapter dealing with a letter to the church at Sardis. The church at Sardis had a reputation for being alive, but God said it had some real problems within its membership and within the church. In fact, God said the church needed to wake up. We concluded the message yesterday with that admonition to wake up, And today, Brother Buddy continues by looking at what it means for a church or an individual to wake up to the things of the Lord. He's not talking about being born again, but he's talking about those who have been born again and yet who have slipped back into the worldly way of thinking, the worldly way of acting, and in many ways look just like the world. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Oh, God. 
You know, to be unaware of your problem is a dangerous place to be, isn't it? If you're asleep when your house is on fire and the fire's growing, it's not good to be asleep because you're not aware of your environment. You don't realize what's happening. And we'll see how that can happen to any of us. Be watchful, he says, and strengthen the things which remain, which are ready to die. And again, this ain't not speaking about losing your eternal salvation, but, he's, but the Bible says, it's, it says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, and that's applied in the Bible to doctrine and your morals. In 1 Corinthians 5, when the man was committing fornication with his father's wife, that is his stepmother, that's one of the places where Paul said a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That means leaven spreads and influences. And he says here, because you're dead, at least a portion of the church, as we'll see later, is dead in the sense we've described he says strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die think about what a difference it makes when you're with a church member that they're just ready to talk about spiritual things you see the love of the lord on their countenance think about how encouraging that is Think about how discouraging it is if you come to church on Sunday to get away from what you've been dealing with all week and the environment's no different. How discouraging that would be. And I'm not saying that describes you. As I've said many times, I believe in preventive maintenance. If this bothers you now, it'd really bother you if you were guilty, wouldn't it? You know, you may get a little offended now saying that's a really hard message, but just think if you were guilty. <laughs> that'd really bother you if I preached it then, wouldn't it? But then notice this. He says, wake up. Uh, strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect. That means complete or you're not as spiritual as you ought to be. There's parts of your life, there's compartments of your life that you need to work on. That's what he means when he said your works are not perfect. Not saying that you need to live sinless and I'm waiting on you to, to get to that point. Remember the word perfect means complete. We have sin in many areas of our life, but this is speaking of when sin dominates an area so much that it gives a bad witness out there in the world. But you know what that word strengthen is talking about? Nutrition and exercise. Now, that's a big thing out there in the natural world, isn't it? We are so abundantly blessed today that we can focus on that. You know, my mother and father working in the field from sunup to sundown, they didn't think about nutrition and exercise. That wasn't in their mind. 
They worked all day. They didn't want to exercise anymore. And they ate whatever was put before them because they were so hungry. But today, based on our... And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I wish I was better at it. But we can focus on things like that. Nutrition and exercise. But how much do we think about it in spiritual terms? I don't think I've ever heard someone say, well, in my spiritual life, I need better nutrition and I need to exercise more. I don't believe I've ever heard anyone say that. Let's see how he's talking about that. Isn't that how you strengthen your body? Proper nutrition and exercise. Well, notice that the Scriptures use that same language in a spiritual sense. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings as newborn babes. That is just like a, a newborn baby, just like an infant. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. That is the pure, genuine milk of the Word that ye may grow thereby. Now we would never continue to feed our child just milk until they were 10 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old. That would be foolish, wouldn't it? But when they're a newborn, especially the mother's milk, that's exactly what they need. And that's all they'll need for a period of time. And if your child only wanted and refused to drink anything but milk until they were 8 or 10 years old, you would be concerned and you would be going to a doctor to see what's wrong with your child. And he would already be having health problems if that was the only nourishment he was getting. You know, do you ever check yourself spiritually that way? Now, the milk of the Word is just the, is just the basic truth of Jesus. When a person joins the church, no matter how young they are, they must at least have the understanding that I know I'm a sinner and I believe Jesus saved me. That's the milk of the Word. The basic doctrines of grace, that's the, the milk of the Word. You know, some people say, well, you know, the doctrines of election and predestination, that's the meat. No, that's the milk. The milk is what the Lord has done for us. The milk is not what you do. The milk is not how you live. The milk is what the Lord has done for you. And that's what you need when you're a young convert. You need that milk. Especially if you've grown up out there in the religious world and you've been under the yoke of bondage and you've been taught that you've got to work your way to heaven. You need the milk of the Word. And you know, when you're grown, you still want milk. Cookies without milk, to me, is just not good. I'm 58 and I still want milk. 
So we all need that spiritual milk all our life, don't we? I don't want Brother Chris to ever say, okay, uh, I don't think we have any new members here, so I'm not going to preach on salvation by grace anymore. Nobody needs that. No, we always need that, don't we? We always, hopefully, will want milk. Now, I know today some people say, well, I've got to have almond milk or I've got to have coconut milk again. In my parents' day, that, that wasn't an issue. Most of them had cows and they drank milk. And I'm not telling you what nutrient. I'm not an expert on nutrition in the natural realm, but I hope I know a little bit about nutrition in the spiritual realm. He says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now look at Hebrews uh, chapter 5. See these things that are ready to die are the people in the church that are weak spiritually in that they can't discern worldliness from godliness. Or they handle issues in their life according to the wisdom of the world. Have you ever heard someone say, well, one thing about it, I never spank my child. And they're bragging about it. Well, obviously they need some more information from the Word of God. You ever heard some, someone say, I love my child too much to spank them. If they read the Bible, the Bible says, He that spareth the rod hateth his child. See, that's a babe. That's someone that needs to grow in understanding. But here in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, and I believe it's about verse 13. Let's begin with verse 12. Now I want you to notice this. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. Now what he's saying there is based on how long you've been taking in spiritual food, you ought to be teachers. You know, I understand and I'm not criticizing the importance of people going to college to become teachers. I'm not criticizing that at all. I know there's a lot of things they need to learn, not only just the subject, but how to teach and how to work with the group. I understand that. But you know, if I homeschooled my children, which I did, and was able to take them all the way through Algebra 2, I started struggling in trying to teach trigonometry and algebra three you know i wouldn't have any trouble teaching anybody how to add subtract multiply and divide because that's the milk level you see but you know one of the problems today is they're passing students regardless of how they score on a test and they're trying to figure out new ways to do math which it's humorous how complicated these new ways are but the point I'm making is you can't build unless you have a foundation. If you don't know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, you're going to be lost in higher level math. He says, notice this, when for the time. What he's saying is based on how long you've been a member of the church, based on how long You've been reading the Bible. He says you ought to be teachers. 
You ought to be able to teach others. And, but he says, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now listen to this. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. How do you get skillful with something? You become familiar with it. You work with it. With sports, you practice. It's no different in the spiritual realm. You become familiar with what God says about things. When you face issues based on those principles, you practice according to those principles, and that will increase your skill level. But if you're not seeking to learn more, and if you don't have that conviction that I want to I live every area of my life in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, your skill level will not develop. Verse 14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. You know, people would think you're a fool if you were trying to feed your infant steak. He says, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. How did they get that way? Even those who by reason of use, use of the Word of God, even those who by reason of use uh, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's not just natural. Now, I understand that Paul said in Romans 2 that the Gentiles, which have not the law, are a law unto themselves, and they're able to accuse and excuse one another because the law is written in their heart. In other words, they knew that murder was wrong. They knew that adultery was wrong. The laws of God written in their heart gave them a sense of that, and they could accuse or excuse one another's behavior. They were able to make some judgments about whether someone's behavior was good or bad. But see... We need to grow in that. And there are so many areas, think about it, in your marriage, in bringing up children that we need to grow. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses, their spiritual senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then finally, with regard to this, look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Timothy was a young preacher who still needed probably a substantial amount of exercise, although he had a faithful mother and a faithful grandmother that taught him the Word of God. Yet Paul said in uh, uh, 1 Timothy... 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself unto godliness. Anything you keep practicing becomes easier. I think I've told you this, that because of our unique community here, 
we're, as they say, everybody knows everybody. I've tried to be more friendly with people. If I go, when I was a member of the uh, HealthPlex gym in Carrollton, I would always try to get to know people that I'd never met. And you know what? It's easier now. Now, anything, uh, husbands, loving your wives gets easier if you practice. Boy, it's taken me a long time, and i still got a long way to go. It's hard to go from selfishness to unselfishness, but you'll never change if you don't practice. That is, do what's right whether you feel like it or not. Have you ever heard someone say, well, if I go contrary to my feelings, I'm being hypocritical. Oh, Satan is so crafty. Someone says, well, I'm getting a divorce. I don't feel the same anymore, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's, you know what a hypocrite is? A hypocrite is someone that has vowed, and they go contrary to their vows. See, feelings change all the time. And I know it's hard when you don't feel like doing something and you're trying to say it's right for me to do this. That takes a lot of practice. And I got a lot more to go in that area to do what's right when you don't feel like it. But it requires nutrition. That means an intake of God's Word. And the Lord is blessing Brother Chris to preach so well. He's preaching on the things pertaining to our life. I'm just dumbfounded sometimes at how tailored it is for me. And if it is for me, I trust it is for you too. And that's something we'll get to later. That when the Lord is abiding with the church, that's what's going to happen. That's an evidence that the Lord is abiding with us. Now let me find a, a stopping point here. So let's just quickly restate what we've looked at. And I'm going to use some of my words since we've already read the verses more than once. He's saying to the preacher or the pastor of the church in Sardis. So I'm talking, uh, hopefully, although I'm not the pastor, hopefully I'm following the impressions of the Spirit and I'm speaking to the church in Zion. These things saith he that hath the seven spirits. This is the one that can abide at Zion church and you feel like he's all here. You know, isn't it wonderful you can pray to God and feel like you're the only person praying? Yet millions of people are, are praying at the same time. But you know, I feel like I, that I'm the only one in the audience sometimes when I'm praying. Don't you? We don't ever have the sense here when the Lord blesses our meeting. Well, if the Lord wasn't over there at Bethlehem, we'd just feel a lot more spirit here. No, he's, he's purposely describing it here as the seven spirits of God. And he's writing to those and the seven uh, stars. He says, I know thy works. I know if you're deficient in some areas. And in here, a big portion of the church 
was very deficient because they had a name that they lived, but they were dead. So he says, wake up. You know, if you stay in the bed all the time, you're going to be in bad health, aren't you? You know, I, I just really can't enjoy a nap when I've done nothing all day. But if I've worked in the yard all day and I come in and take a shower and then lay down to take a nap, you know, the Bible says the rest, I believe this is how it says it, the rest of a laboring man is sweet. You can enjoy a nap more when you're tired because you've been busy working. But there's a time to get up. <laughs> and that's what he's saying. Wake up. Be watchful. And I want you to get on a better diet. And I want you to start exercising. There's nothing wrong with that in a natural sense. But oh, how much more important it is in a spiritual sense. Now that reminds me, I didn't complete something I was reading in Timothy, and we'll stop here. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. We already read this, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profiteth little. Now we like to joke about that verse and say it just doesn't help much so I'm not going to exercise. You know what it means? It means for a little while. How true that is. You know when I had surgery and I had to sit around for about three or four weeks and I went back to CrossFit, it was almost like I had never done it before. It just profits for a little while. Not only if a young person quits exercising, will they lose it, but no matter how much you exercise, the, the, uh, ben the visible benefits are less and less the older you get. You know, I can exercise more now than I did when I was young, and you won't really be able to tell it by looking at me. Because your body... Is breaking down. Bodily exercise profiteth just for a little while, but watch this. Godliness is profitable unto all things. All things doesn't mean everything without exception, but notice what he says. Godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. What's he saying? He says, Godliness is good for your life now, and it's like a rehearsal for heaven. It, it has promise, that is, there are benefits promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. That doesn't mean you're going to have it better than somebody else in heaven if you live more godly than somebody else. It just means that the godliness you implement here lets you taste and experience what you're going to have for eternity in heaven. But this bodily exercise... When you die, it's going to just completely decay. So let us try to get physically fit in the spiritual sense so that we not only have a name that we live, but we truly are living 
and others are influenced by the life of our church as a whole. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.